welcome back to another episode of What the HR, an award-winning podcast. I'm Jesse Novi. And I'm Mike Toole. The What the HR podcast explores how to build people-centric businesses through modern practices and approaches. New episodes are released frequently, so don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. Welcome back to another episode of What the HR. Today, we are talking about candidate experience with Tiana Johnson. Tiana is a people and recruiting leader who's got a passion for building diverse teams and high-impact programs that help companies scale. She joined Notion three years ago as their first talent hire leading the tech recruiting team. For the last two years, she's been leading talent operations and recruiting programs at Notion and has helped the company scale from around 300 to almost 600 employees. Tiana's also helped both Lyft and GitHub in their hyper growth phases as a recruiting leader. She's got over 15 years of experience in the people and talent culture building space. She's worn hats in most people functions, people operations, HR, recruiting, programs, and enablement, and is launching her own consulting firm if you're looking to partner with her. It was a really fun conversation. I think you're really going to like how Tiana thinks about um, candidate experience, her philosophy, um, and that's really from soup to nuts. So all the way from when a candidate is thinking about whether or not they want to apply to the company, all the way through um, kind of courting them to deciding if they want to accept the offer, offer and beyond. Although um, Notion is a smaller company, you know, of course, um, at the time she started, they were around 300. They're now at 600 employees, still a relatively small organization. We do talk about how the processes that Tiana put in place can be scaled. So whether you are an HR practitioner at a smaller company or a much larger organization, I think you're going to find the information that we talk about in this podcast as it relates to candidate experience to be really applicable. If you are loving our podcast episodes and our guests, I really encourage you to go out to your favorite podcast platform, leave us a rating and review. Those rating and reviews make an incredible difference in how our podcast is getting into the hands of other HR practitioners and business leaders. So um, they really do go a long way. Um, As always, thanks so much for being a listener. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. Tiana, welcome to the What the HR podcast. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited about this topic. Uh, For our listeners, we're going to be talking about candidate experience today. It's a topic that we haven't talked about. We're three years into the podcast, 65 plus episodes, and such a critical topic no matter what uh, size of organization or at what stage um, your organization is in. And honestly, the reason why we haven't had anybody speak on this topic yet is because I haven't been able to locate somebody that I think does candidate experience well. So when um, the referral came through um, to put me in touch with you and we were able to have a preliminary conversation about what you've been doing over at Notion, it just got me more excited to talk about this topic. So before we jump in, would you mind just sharing with our guests a little bit about you and your your background and um, what what got you into kind of talent acquisition and the candidate experience side of things? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Tiana. I started my career actually as a teacher and, and an aquatics director down in Los Angeles where I went to university 
Um, and I spent a big chunk of my time actually working in nonprofit before I made my way over to the people space and tech um, once I moved up to the Bay Area. And I would say part of what gives me a lot of energy is building unforgettable um, human experiences where you can imprint on people in a way that makes them feel taken care of, whether that's during the candidate experience or in their employee life cycle. Um, and I think a big part of that is from, I'm actually from Kailua, Hawaii. Um, I It's kind of like my way of spreading aloha to as many people as I can day to day. And so it's something that I think about just kind of professionally as well as um, you know, personally, like in the way that I approach things. Yeah. I love the aloha touch. Um, <laughs> and I think that's a great way to describe sort of your philosophy or your why behind the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I never want to assume that people listening to our podcast always know exactly what we're referring to when we say things like candidate experience or other topics. So before we really get into the meat of it, why don't we just start with the basics on, you know, what is candidate experience in your opinion and and what are all the things that it entails from, it, again, in your opinion, kind of soup to nuts? Yeah, so I think traditionally candidate experience is like seen as like, how does someone feel going through your hiring funnel? And that's a lot of the way that companies have thought of it. I think to me, it's a little bit bigger than that. So it's how do people feel interacting with you and your team discussing the potential of a job opportunity? So this is, um, you know, when you meet someone at a careers fair or you're having coffee and someone is like, oh, you work at this company. I love your product. Like, are you hiring? So for me, that is all candidate experience. So both types of interactions leave someone with a lasting impression of how you treat another person. Um, and it's the way that I try to tell my team, my team, this is how you should um, think about it is like anytime you're kind of talking about our product or like the potential of someone wanting to work for us, that's part of candidate experience. Why why do you think companies should be con- concerned about that? Or why do you think that should be on the forefront of um, how they're thinking about their talent processes from initial engagement of talent through, you know, the mm-hmm. desire for somebody to want to apply to their position through that onboarding experience? I think it's really critical because the feeling that people walk away from when they interview with a company, it's a lasting impression. So it gives them a sense of how people are valued at the company. Um, It gives them a little bit of a sneak peek into like how employees are probably treated. So like recruiters are kind of like the first line of sellers for your employee experience. So like if someone doesn't have a great candidate experience, you can only imagine what it would feel like to be an employee there. So if they're not organized, if things are all over the place, if like you're literally getting asked the same questions during every single interview, and people aren't don't have like strategy behind it and there's not alignment, it gives them a sense of like, oh, is this how it would be if I was actually an employee there? So um, that for me is why it's like really, really important is because it's like where you're really selling, but it's also like where you're giving them a sneak peek into culture um, and what things would feel like being an actual employee there. So uh, as we think about the TAN experience, did you guys have to kind of rip and replace, like kind of tear down to the studs and rebuild the Chan experience where you're at today at, at Notion? Or can you talk a little bit about like how you built the process with it? Because I imagine it's not as 
simple as, as one thing or this person owns a can mm-hmm. experience. It's got to go throughout the entire organization. So can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about maybe not everything, but like starting from scratch, how you build that? Yeah. So I had the unique opportunity of coming in as like our first people person. So when I joined, like the hiring process was being done, not by anyone kind of on the people side, it was being done like pretty organic through some of like what I got to do was like doing a workshop with our leaders and with people like at the company that were really stoked on hiring and being like, okay, let's like sticky note this out. Like, what do you want people to walk away feeling? Like, let's talk about Mm -hmm. the feelings you want people to walk away from. And then let's talk about like the impression that we want to leave from like a company perspective. Do we want to be seen as organized? Like what are kind of the adjectives that you want people to describe us as? And then how do we build that into our process? So we're a tool to keep people organized. We're a tool to make people feel like they can like have a very efficient process um, and an efficient workday. And so those are some of the things that we were thinking of when we were building it. Um, Also, a lot of our candidates are users. So a lot of the people interviewing with us are people that are in the tool day to day. So it was also thinking through like, how do we leave people who are super excited to interview with us, leaving with a similar feeling coming out of the interview process with us because we want them to stay users and be just excited about using the tool, even if we decide not to move forward with them. So all things that we were thinking about as we were actually like building out the process. And that takes getting a lot of buy-in from literally everyone on the hiring team, everyone on leadership, um, everyone, to get on the same page on like how we build an aligned experience. Can you, what are some of the, when you talked about the feelings, like I love that you started Mm -hmm. there, like what's the feeling that the candidate should have after the process? What did you land on there? So some of the things that we walked away from, we wanted candidates to feel like we were just like warm people who like they could actually open up to where they felt psychological safety um, in sharing their experiences. Like interviewing is a really, really vulnerable time. It's like you have to learn how to pitch yourself. You're, mm-hmm. you know, like it. it's really uncomfortable for a lot of people to be in that space. And we just wanted to seem like warm and compassionate um, and like we were listening um, and that they were being taken care of. Um, and so we tried to kind of just make sure that we are thinking about like, how do we take the trickery or like give them as much information as we can about the process so they can have everything that they need to prepare? And how do we give everyone the same information so that way we're not picking and choosing who we prep for um, our interviews, but like we're giving everyone equal access to the same tools. Um, So it's up to them on like how much they want to ingest and how much um, they want to prepare. So those are some of like the feelings I would say that we were thinking through. And then from like, just like a theme of like, how did we want to be viewed um, from like an experience perspective, it was like, we want to be viewed that we are like organized, that we have a point of view, that we know what we're looking for, because we're looking for like really sophisticated craftspeople who do something like almost like to an art. And so like, we wanted to make sure that our questions and our process reflected that like, we knew what we were looking for and we weren't just trying to calibrate with every single person right. that we were talking to. Yeah. Jess, you remember we did the podcast with Ben Granger. 
um, from Qualtrics. He talked about employee experience. I don't remember all of the things that needed to happen, but I remember it was in within every process. It was did I did I get what I needed? Um, mm-hmm. And what was it? It was was the effort more or less than than they thought. I don't remember what it was, but it reminds me of that. And if anybody's listening, I'd go back and listen to that. And I probably will after this. Um, but I'm that that's why I was curious. Like, were there specific things that you wanted to accomplish through that candidate experience or whether they're applying online or or in person? Were there certain things that you guys said, like, these are the three things that have to happen? Um, yeah, I mean, so for every role, it's different. So I built out actually a Notion page that we link on our career site where we actually, it's like interviewing at Notion. So it's like, here's what we look for, like very generally, here's how to prepare, here's how we think about approaching problems, like as much information as we can give them. And then some of the roles actually have specific guides. So for example, when I was hiring for recruiting coordinators on my team, I built out a very in-depth guide of like, this is what your process will look for. These are the competencies that we're going to be assessing for at each stage. And like, here's how we want you to kind of like answer questions. And so we try to give them as much information as we can. And a lot of our roles actually have that. We build out quite a bit on the technical side. So for engineers that want to interview with us, but we try to say like, these are the things that you should focus on in each interview. Because this is really what we're trying to get data points on versus like having it be this ambiguous thing where everyone's like, why do you want to work at this company? Um, And they're having to kind of repeat and rinse. So with our interview guides, like some of what we try to have is like giving them the actual data points that we're trying to get a pulse from, from our interview questions so they can know hey, if I want to be able to tell an experience that I had and they're looking for my ability to kind of demonstrate this type of problem solving, um, I'm going to kind of choose an example where I did that thing. Um, So that's a little bit of what we do um, when we're actually giving them the interview guys. And we also like really encourage them to like interview us. We're like, hey, this is a two-way process. Like you interviewing us is just as important as us interviewing you because we view recruiting as like an art of matchmaking. Um, And like, we really want people who are gonna wanna stay for not just one year, but like a few years and and more than that. So, and grow within the company. So we really try to assess for some of that piece too, um, when it comes to that. I really like that through that process, you're really removing sort of like the skeleton behind the closet or like the secrecy mm-hmm. as part of the interview process. And maybe those aren't the two best terms, but hopefully you get what I'm what I'm trying to articulate. Because you mentioned it early earlier, Tiana, it, it is kind of a thankless process as an interviewee when you're going through mm-hmm. the experience. And when you are able to understand what the company is looking for, the competencies that you're preparing for, generalizations and what types of questions might be asked or what things you should be focused on as you're preparing for your interviews at its various stages, it really allows the candidate to truly prepare and put their best foot forward because also there's there's nothing worse than an interviewee coming out of uh, an interview being like, well, gosh, you know, did I touch upon the things that they wanted me to? Did I did I focus on the things that I know are, are aligned with the expectations that they have from a competency and a skill set perspective? 
And so when you're sharing that information up front and it allows the candidates to really thoughtfully prepare in that way, then I think mm-hmm. it makes you almost feel better as a candidate. And I'm probably putting my 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 words in somebody else's <laughs> mouth here, but I think if I were that person and I didn't get the job at Notion, I would feel like, you know what, I really put my best foot forward. I prepared well. It just wasn't a good match. You know, my skill set truly didn't align with what they're looking for. Or maybe I discovered throughout the process that Notion wasn't a good match for me you know, for those reasons too. So I I really love how thorough you were in thinking through that process. I'd like to take um, just a quick step back because you talked in the beginning about how you gathered people that um, were really passionate about this process like you were to do the brainstorming on the um, experiences or feelings that you wanted people to have. But above mm-hmm. and beyond that, like what were the other stakeholders that you had to think about? Because clearly you had your vision and your philosophy for what you wanted it to look like. But I imagine there was, you know, leaders within the company too, that you had to make sure that you were getting buy-in and that their expectations of the candidate experience aligned with what you were hoping for. At Notion, I've been actually pretty fortunate to work with leaders who were wanting to bring someone on who had strategic um, direction and a point of view when it came to this. And they wanted someone who could help to guide them through the process. So there wasn't a lot of pushback. There was actually a lot of partnership when it came to the way that we were able to think through, okay, how have you built teams in the past? And how do you want to build your current team? And how do you want those things to feel different? Um, And what is the experience that you specifically want them to walk away from? So, for example, when we were building out our engineering hiring process, Um, And going through and tweaking that, I worked with basically like a bunch of the leaders on the team and the engineers on the team to say, okay, what are we doing now? Feels really good. What are we getting um, good feedback around? And then like, what do we want to keep and what do we want to build upon? And so we built out a really um, beautiful experience. It took a bunch of tweaking. It took took a bit of... um, you know, kind of back and forth on like us figuring out like, oh, this thing works, this thing doesn't work. But in the end, when we finally started getting some Glassdoor reviews and like sending out candidate experience surveys, some of the data points that we were wanting um, to get pulse on and like, are we doing this thing well? We were able to actually see like, yes, we are moving the needle on like people feeling like we're warm and that we are approachable and that our engineering team is kind. And we assess for other things just besides um, hard technical skills. Okay. And those, sorry, go ahead, Jess. Was it a follow-up to her last comment? Uh, one of them, yeah, yes, it was. Go ahead. <laughs> um, the candidate experience surveys that you sent out, I'm curious what what feedback did you get that you had to change? I'm curious like maybe what you guys didn't do right the first time because other people may be doing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so particularly, I would say like on the technical side, we were uh, some context here is that like we were a company that was like an in-office company going into the pandemic and coming in and having the pandemic hit. We didn't have a lot of the tools in place um, or a lot of the things set up in Notion for us to actually like do our best hiring. It was kind of like a scramble. And I joined right at the beginning of the pandemic and we were trying to figure some of that out. So. On the tech side, it was like, 
basic things like how do we just set up in an environment for engineers to feel like they can come and code um, and like they have the right things in place to where they can like come and actually show their skills. Same thing with system design. It was like us trying to figure out like how do we do virtual whiteboarding? Um, how do we do some of these things and like make people feel like they have enough direction up front to set things up? Um, and then with the tooling space, it's like, how do we make sure that us on the other end understands how their tool actually works that they're wanting to set up? Mm -hmm. So there was just, I would say, a little bit of finessing when it came to how we were thinking through some of the technical um, questions based on like just some of the physical barriers that came up due to, due to the pandemic. Yeah, it sounds like the candidates, <clears throat> maybe the feedback then was to provide them with space and tools necessary for them to put like their best foot forward within the process. Is that fair? Yeah, just how I would say that. And it's like having just a more detailed framework of like, hey, these are the things you need to download or these are the specific tools that our team like understands how to use. And so can we try to align on some of this? And then there would be some back and forth sometimes, but I think just having that conversation up front versus like, getting to the interview and everyone realizing that they like didn't have the right things in place to actually conduct the interview. And then we'd have to reschedule it, which isn't the best candidate experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, we talked a little bit about this, the setup, the, the process from the feelings perspective, how you mm -hmm. set up the website to prepare candidates for putting their best foot forward. And then from there, what are some things you and your team were doing or the hiring managers too, because I know it's not always talent acquisition, doing mm -hmm. actually during the interview and then part of kind of the debrief process and follow up with the candidate that you feel kind of set notion apart from other candidate experiences? Mm-hmm. I would say that there's some things that like in our mind are like a given, but like sometimes you have to spell it out. So it was like providing rules of engagement for our team on like, hey, when you're going to interview someone, please show up on time. Make sure that you're in a quiet place. Be engaged. Please don't be eating lunch or like be distracted or don't be on call. Like simple things that I think on the people side, we just they're like givens, but like when you're kind of coaching new interviewers or new people through how to provide like white glove experience to every single person that comes through where they can like fully dedicate that time to the interview process. Sometimes you have to actually like spell some of those things out. So we kind of have like a rules of engagement or like a, Hey, like these are best practices internally for us to be prepared to interview with candidates. Um, the other thing was, like making sure that like we were listening and we talk about it a lot where we do like very active listening where we're listening to hear and like trying to read body cues from people that are um, on a Zoom, you know, kind of over video with us, which is sometimes hard where it's like making sure that we're asking things like, hey, do you need a break? Um, do you, you know, just human things of like, hey, we can't gauge this in person right now. So can we like lean in a little bit more to this? connect as humans and like check in on each other and show compassion there. Um, when I would say like when we get a little bit further along, like when we think about our actual like candidate experience process from application kind of all the way through, 
I would say like one of the things that we've gotten feedback from is like even early in the process, whenever someone applies, we're like, hey, you took the time to apply to us. We're going to take the time to let you know what you can expect next. So we always send an email letting them know we got their application. Um, If it's scalable, like we, for us, it scales that we actually get back to every single person that applies to us. And we let them know why or why, like, we are moving forward or that we're not moving forward just so they're not like sitting in an abyss of being like, are they moving forward or not? For us, it's scalable, but at some companies in the past, it hasn't been scalable because you're getting tens of thousands of applicants a week. And so it's like at least having a message saying, hey, we can't get back to everyone. We did get your application. If you're going to be a fit, um, you know, we'll reach out. But if you don't hear from us, like just like, it's just not the right fit, but at least Mm -hmm. giving them like an indication of like, Hey, we got your application and like, thank you for applying. Um, I would say like the other thing that we really think about is as we get further along in the interview process, um, at each step, we think about like, how do we give people, um, like quick and immediate, like actionable, um, feedback on like whether we're moving forward or not. So we don't do the thing where it's like, if we know we're not going to move forward at a recruiter screen, the recruiter just lets them know like, hey, I don't think it's going to be a fit rather than like, sometimes some companies are like, oh, wait a week before you just let them know. We try to just be really upfront um, about like why we might not be moving forward. Same thing where sometimes we get feedback same day um, for an onsite and we pick up the phone and we call someone to let them know that like we're not moving forward. And the way that the team thinks about it is like, if we're super excited to move forward with someone, we would pick up the phone and call them or send them an email right away. We wanted to have the same courtesy, even if we're not moving forward and we want to do it with compassion. Um, So people aren't like waiting around because the feeling of anxiety after you interview, you're constantly thinking through a micro kind of analyzing every interaction that you had during that. And we try to like, take the anxiety out of that by just being like, Hey, what would we want in this instance if we were sitting in their shoes? When you talked about the responses that you're giving um, as candidates are applying, is that, mm-hmm. is that the automated response via your ATS or is that more customized? And if it's more customized, can you talk about that response? Yeah. So we customize basically like all of our um, declines, we customize a lot of that. So we have frameworks that we put in place, but they're all from our language of like how we speak to our customers, how we want people to feel. So adding warmth and compassion um, into the way that we communicate. Um, Each recruiter puts their own voice into how they actually like write their template. So we have some custom thing or some kind of frameworks, but then they, everyone kind of adds their own spin on it. Um, they are automated emails a lot of the time, but they're like custom automated emails that like our team is actually setting up. Um, and sometimes like everyone puts in a little bit of their own thing, depending on like what it was that the candidate shared, um, during their experience with us. Um, and So they are like, like you can scale them, um, but we also add that human touch. Okay. And then with the follow-up 
process, you know, after you debrief, you mentioned, you know, being very courteous and letting the candidate know quickly if you're interested or quickly if you're not interested. What's Notion's Mm -hmm. philosophy on giving candidates pretty specific feedback, especially those that have gone further through the process and met with maybe more people at Notion on feedback on why they weren't selected versus just a general, you know, we decided it wasn't a good match and, you know, we kind of wish you the best and we'll stay in touch if there are other opportunities that surface. Mm -hmm. I think it depends on the role um, and on like what feedback came in. So we tried to give feedback where like it could be actionable or like we're giving them a little bit more insight into like what where it wasn't a fit so for example with engineering it's a little bit more black and white like hey the quality of your code just wasn't where we needed it to be or oh we needed you to think through this next step when it comes to system design and like how we're needing someone to come in kind of at this engineering level so those things I would say, like we give a little bit more, um, we can give a little bit more critical feedback because engineers can go and then brush up on how to do coding in another um, language or how to kind of like make their code a little bit more clean or how, how to work on those things. And they do. And then they come back and they interview and then they crush it. Um, so when someone can actually take some of that um we try to do that as much as we can when it comes to even some of the soft skills. Like there's times where I've told candidates like, Hey, when it comes to your communication on how you were actually giving examples, it was hard for us to get a clear sense of what you owned and what your team owned. So things like that, we try to be specific when we can be um, and kind um, because that's the way that our interviewers also write their feedback. So if they have specific things that we can like give them feedback on, we do. Um, and it usually helps. Like we get a lot of repeat candidates that come back around a year or two later who want to reapply. Um, and they're like, hey, I remember you gave me feedback on this thing. I took this workshop and I've been working on this kind of in my projects or in the things that I've been doing over the last couple of years. Um, like, this is something that I've been working on. Thank you for giving me um, the time to like help me build a skill. Yeah, I I love that. I know that there's, you know, two different kind of camps when it comes to companies that are and are not comfortable to giving feedback. But I think you just gave some really concrete examples of how beneficial it can be to give a candidate very specific feedback. You know, it's the same for if you're employed with a company and you receive very specific Mm -hmm. feedback from your employer on what they expect you to improve upon, especially if you're interested in a specific position or growing your career. So those that take it seriously do often take action. And then because you Mm -hmm. did it with kindness and you did it with thoughtfulness, you're experiencing candidates wanting to come back and reapply for, for future opportunities. So I think that's great. Um, Mm -hmm. And then to kind of round out the process. So you have your debrief and then, you know, what's 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 the extension of the offer look like? What are what are you doing that again, you know, perhaps sets your experience apart when you're extending an offer to a candidate? Mm-hmm. So after we do our debrief is when we do reference checks. So if we want to move forward, um, we do some reference checks. At the same time, we usually do what's called like a post on site where they get to meet. Um, with some of our leaders, our CEO still like interviews, I would say 85 to 90% of people that make it to this stage 
Um, he's very bought in in like the people that we're bringing into the company. He likes to get to know everyone. Um, it's honestly like a really great sell when they actually get to meet with like the founder and CEO and like ask him questions and take his brain on like how he's thinking about things. Um, and if we decide not to move forward, it kind of de- goes back to that thing around communication. So it's like, how do we give feedback in a way that's compassionate and immediate and like lets them know that we're not going to be moving forward? So in a lot of cases, we're dealing with global hiring. So we think about like, what is the time zone of like where they're at? Like, we don't want to send people an email at like three in the morning and like have them have anxiety. So a lot of times, like we try to make sure that we communicate with them as early as we can, but like in a compassionate way, that's like, um, gonna be like, we're thinking about them and like, how do we care for them in that moment? Um, so oftentimes it's an email with like a follow-up of like, Hey, let's book time. Here's a link to schedule with me. Like, let's try to like do a follow-up conversation. If we can do a conversation and it's like the right time of day, we definitely follow up and try to have a call with them. Um, before we send an email. Um, But that post onsite piece is like what we call the last mile. So like, say that we wanna move forward. Um, The last mile is like, either we're closing out with you in a really compassionate way, or we wanna move forward and we're really excited about you and here's the why. And so we do a couple of things when we're doing this. So um, we use Notion, like one, to dog food our own, um, you know, kind of, product, but also like, it's a really great tool to kind of like show, um, candidates, like the why and the impact and like to let them get a feel of like a tool that they'd be working in every day. So we actually build out like a custom sell page for every single candidate that we go to offer with. So, um, it's a page that gives them a little bit more insight on like, hey, this is why we're excited to work with you. We partner with the hiring managers to actually build this out. We pull specific feedback on like what the team said. Um, And we want to basically like make sure that they understand like, here's why we're excited to work with you. Um, Here's the impact that we think that you could make. And here's where we're really excited to partner with you. And then to get your like strategic thought direction on like how we could like grow as a company. Um, it's a way to like also show them in words. Sometimes when you hear it, it's hard, but then when you see it on a page, like you're able to kind of like let it sink in and like let your kind of imposter syndrome melt away a little bit and be like, wow, like I'm really valued. And I feel seen in this moment by like these people that I just bared my soul to and was really vulnerable with. So those are some of the things that we think about. And then we listen throughout the entire process. And we're like, oh, like you have a dog, you have a kid, you have a thing. Um, And we try to kind of take like sound bites of like some of those things. And while we wait for someone to give us an answer, we're like, hey, take a few days. We want you to make sure that you're making the best decision for you. Um, Ask us any questions. Let us if you know, if you want any follow-up conversations. But in the meantime, Here's a custom thing that we've thought about. We do a small gift um, for people. And we're like, you mentioned that this thing is really important to you or that thing is really important to you. Like you have a family, like we've got you a gift card to go and like do dinner on us with your family. Um, You mentioned you wanted to try this place. You live in this area. And we really curate a lot of these things to show them like, hey, like, 
human to human, like go and take a beat and like go spend time with the people who mean the most to you or, you know, go take your dog to like this cool pet store that like makes biscuits or whatever it is. Um, and like, think about it and decide if like, we're the place you want to call home and spend the majority of your time with next. So we do some of those like very human touches, I would say, um, in the last part of our process, as well as like demystifying comp. So when recruiters are presenting an actual like offer to someone, they're not only like talking them through the total rewards of what that is showing them. So we used to build it into this like notion page of like, hey, here's what your total rewards would look like. We just actually rolled out a new tool called Pave, um, where it's like a visualizer for total rewards, where we're able to actually like show them, you know, their equity, show them what all of that looks like. There's a little toggle where they can slide things back and forth on, um, you know, like, hey, if I stayed for five years, like this is how much my equity could be worth, or this is kind of like what things look like. So we try to give them all the information so they can really decide, like, is this the place I want to go? What was the name of that total comp tool that you just rolled out? So we use a, it's a tool called PAVE, P-A-V-E. And so we use it on the recruitment side, kind of in the offer process, but they also have a product that you can use once someone's an employee to actually show total rewards. Mm, Nice. So with the human touch that you guys put into this and done the personal Mm -hmm. touch, I imagine like that's not always scalable. So unless Mm -hmm. you put in some sort of technology infrastructure and I'm curious what you guys, and that's why I asked about PAVE, that's one thing, but throughout that process, Mm -hmm. have you added certain technologies outside of Notion and PAVE that allow you guys to offload some of the administrative tasks so that you can keep your people focused on the human touch? Mm -hmm. So Notion actually has the ability to build templates within it. So like the cell docs, our interview guides, all of that, like, the ops team, we actually build out like the framework and the template for the teams to use. So we're able to like fast track that a bit. Um, from a tech stack perspective, I would say we use um, like one of the other tools that I would say is pretty big for us is like we use Ashby for our analytics platform. So we're able to actually like pull in a lot of the data from there. We use it for um we're going to be building out candidate experience surveys on there um, by department that we can launch and like really do deep analysis on that. Um, And then we're able to like track to once someone becomes an employee, when we do our engagement surveys, like, Hey, do people feel like we have questions in there? Like, do people feel like the candidate experience that we provided actually ties back to our employee experience? Mm -hmm. And so to get data points around that and like, if not, what is it and what can we tweak? So some of it are tools Um, and kind of things that we put into place. But the way that we think about it is if people are going to be spending five or six hours interviewing with us, we can spend, you know, an hour or whatever it is to pull together something that's really thoughtful for them end to end from a candidate experience perspective when it comes to kind of all of the touch points that we have with them. Like it's a good investment for us to make because the feeling stuff is like, that's all stuff that's really, really important. And if an hour makes the difference in that, like we want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll try to scale where we can, but we really want to, we, we don't want to compromise on the human aspect of human connection and why people decide to join companies and why they stay, because that's been actually really 
um, instrumental in us having like fairly low um, kind of turn from an employee perspective. Well, I know we're coming up on time. I do want to circle back because I talked about Ben Granger and the episode we did a long mm-hmm. time ago and I didn't do it justice because I had marbles in my mouth, but I did go back and find the post about it. And there's three things that he mentioned that make up a really good employee experience. One is, was I able to accomplish what I set out to do? How much effort did I put in to get it done? And then what emotion mm-hmm. did it evoke? Um, mm-hmm. We don't have time to go into that now, but I wanted to circle back on that because those are three really important things that I think anybody listening, whether it's candidate experience or employee experience or customer experience, if you can checkbox those three things and really identify, did we did we hit the mark on those? Uh, I, th- I think it's going to go a long way. So like I said, I wanted to do him justice and, and circle back on that one. Yeah, I just uh, maybe one more question before we wrap. So when you started out with Notion, you guys were approximately 25 employees. I think you said you're now, was it approximately like 600? Is that correct, mm-hmm. Tiana? Yeah, yeah, correct. And so, you know, we have HR practitioners that are listening to this that are in a same boat as you in terms of company size. But then we also have HR practitioners listening to this podcast that probably work for global public organizations Mm -hmm. that are, you know, 14,000 or above. And even though those companies may be more mature in their practices, it's not to say that maybe they don't feel like they're at a point in their maturity where maybe they need to give their candidate experience a facelift or Mm -hmm. there's been a shift in, um, you know, whatever it may be that where they've highlighted or maybe through listening strategies or exit interviews and things they've received feedback to say it would really bode well for you, you know, Mr. Or Mrs. Company, if you were to improve this, you know, it would have made my experience better. Maybe it would have impacted my retention as an employee. So just any additional um, thoughts that you might have for our listeners on just how they should think about these types of things from a scaling perspective and the types of stakeholders that they should be keeping close to them as they are scaling? So I would say a couple of things to think through is like when it comes to communication, like be responsive, be direct, um, and be compassionate. Um, And this kind of goes just like around the board when it comes to how you communicate um, with your internal partners, with, with candidates kind of all around. Um, I would say like the other piece that I always try to talk about is like data tells a part of the story. Um, and sometimes it's hard to measure the theory stuff. So really think through like when you're double clicking into things around data or around the, you know, candidate experience surveys or employee engagement surveys, like that tells a piece of it, but like have conversations, like really try to dig in with the people that are giving you feedback, like what it is that you feel, what what they feel like things could be improved on and then take action or say why you're not taking action. So like just communicate well about those things. And then the other thing is, is like, it's simple, but it's like, try to treat people with kindness and compassion um, and like do things like put yourself in their shoes and like, how would you want to be um, communicated with or, or what are things that you would want 
from like just a human touch perspective, like what would make things feel different for you um, in a better way? And like, if there's something that's quick and operational that you can implement, like do that um, because it, it'll it be worth it and it'll pay off um, in the way that people think about you when they're no longer a part of the company. Yeah. Well stated. I said that was going to be my last question, but I lied. I've got one more. So you you ended with your the question previously to ex, the extension of the offer, some of the great things that you're doing in terms of grabbing testimonials, really expressing to the candidate what came out of that interview process that makes the hiring team really excited about you hopefully accepting the offer, the nice little mm-hmm. gift that you give, which I think it's super gracious that you're actually extending a little something and you don't even know that the candidate's going to accept the position yet. So they could accept your Mm -hmm. little gift and still say, sorry, Notion, this isn't the right fit for me. I'm accepting something else. Um, So then if they do accept, can you just talk maybe a little bit about the onboarding experience and if there's anything unique that you're doing there to sort of put a bow on that whole candidate experience from application to onboarding, and then we'll kind of close things out with how people can get in touch with you. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that we're trying to do is make sure that people don't go into kind of this abyss of like, yay, you signed an offer, but now there's like lag time between when you actually like start with us, particularly internationally. There's sometimes like three to six months before someone can actually start with us. And so some of what we try to do is just stay engaged. So we have Um, an amazing team on the people ops side that sits within our people department that thinks through like, how do we have multiple touch points and how are we keeping engaged with the people? We call them new Tinos. Um, So we have a wiki that we build out that gives them some information just on like the teams and some of the things going on. Um, I would say we have like really great managers um, where they oftentimes will reach out and be like, Hey, I know you're not starting for three months, but like, let us know if you want to come in and meet the team or do a lunch or do coffee. Um, If they're not in the same town, they're like, Hey, I'll be in this place. Like, can we set up lunch? Can I take you to dinner? Whatever it is, but just trying to stay engaged. um, And then keeping, I would say like them in the know about things that are happening. So Um, especially exciting things um, where it's like, hey, we're about to like, we just shipped this thing. Like, um, even though we can't give you access to kind of some of these things, we just wanted to let you know about it. And same thing when there's things that happen that aren't the most glamorous, but that like, you just want to be like, hey, we want to be transparent with you. This thing is happening. Um, And we want to try to ease your anxiety or like, we don't, we want to make sure that you hear it from us first before it might Um, something might come out in the news. And so we just want to have like a conversation. We're here to talk through this. So um, I would say engagement is like a big piece is like, we don't forget about people um, between signing an offer and like their day one. Um, And that's something that we actively try to do as a recruiting team, as a people team, as a management team um, is just like helping people stay as excited um, as they were when they like signed, you know, their name at the bottom of the letter um, to when they actually start. Yeah. And that's great. I love that. All right. So as promised, um, I know that we're going to have a lot of listeners as excited about this topic as we were. So um, where can people find you, Tiana? Where do you like to connect with people if they maybe are um, in a similar position as you are looking to to do something similar at their company and want to do some brainstorming with you? 
Um, find me on LinkedIn. Um, add me. Feel free to send me a message. Um, I go through my LinkedIn messages weekly, um, depending on how many I get. Sometimes a little slower to respond, but I love hearing about um, you know other people's experiences and kind of chatting through all things people. Awesome. And what's uh, Notion's address if people are interested in joining Notion or learning more about it? You can go to notion.so um, backslash careers and check out some of the roles that we have open there. And um, you can get a ton of information just on our main webpage, which is notion.so. Um, but highly recommend um, taking a look through all of the things that we have. We also build out a ton of templates um, for our users in the people space or across like whatever department you are. So we have a bunch of templates that are ready for you to use. Um, the interview guides that I mentioned, we actually share with you. So that way they're for free. If you're a user, go ahead and download them. They're the same ones that I built um, for our team to use. So it's just our way of being able um, to help give you some tools to do your job more efficiently. Awesome. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for you know, being on the podcast for all of your knowledge, what you've done at Notion is incredible, something you should be, you know, super proud of. Um, and I know you're going to continue to do great things going forward. So thanks again for being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, or your CEO. Help us get this podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well. Also, if you have any questions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcsherm.org. That's podcast at tcsherm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, please use code WHATTHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.